the major insight that I had was that you absolutely get to choose how you approach and respond to each of these obstacles. A marathon is like your journey to success. So on this journey toward success, you get to choose how you approach and respond to each of the obstacles in your life. Welcome to the Seeds of Growth podcast. My name is Pumihana Palmer. I'm a mindset and growth coach to new real estate agents, small business owners, and high-achieving female entrepreneurs. I believe that true success happens from the inside out, and I'm on a mission to plant seeds of growth and transformation, one powerful conversation at a time. Each week, I'll bring you a solo episode, interview, or coaching experience with business owners just like you to help you shift your perspective, elevate your beliefs, and build a business that inspires you. Now let's dive into today's episode. What's up, friends? Pumehana Palmi here, back again with another episode of Seeds of Growth. I'm super stoked to talk to you about today's topic just because it came on the back of a bucket list item. So not too long ago, I finished my very first marathon, 26.2 miles. I absolutely did not run the entire way. If anything, I walked most of the way, but it wasn't like a leisurely pace kind of walk. It was very much of a power walking. My husband absolutely hated me for it. I don't know if he'll ever forgive me (laughs) for that, but he was a champ. But yeah, it was something that I just wanted to do. I wanted to be able to say that I completed the marathon, a marathon. And even while I was in it, as painful and ridiculous as it was, in true mindset fashion, there were some major takeaways. 26.2 miles is a very, very long time. And I finished it in just under nine hours. I think it took me like eight hours and 47 minutes. There were some major takeaways. And while I was on the route, I recorded some mindset musings, if you will. And I put them all together and I'm I'm sharing them with you in this podcast recording. So there's six of them and let's dive into it. So mindset musing number one is on obstacles and roadblocks. The major insight that I had was that you absolutely get to choose how you approach and respond to each of these obstacles. The way that I viewed the marathon and kind of transformed it in my mind was that a marathon is like your journey to success. And not just like on a macro scale of success, because I feel like that finish line is always moving. (laughs) Uh, You will never hit the success on a macro level and just whatever success looks like to you. If anything, you know, this type of success for you is more, you know, any goals that you specific tangible or intangible goals that you set for yourself, you know, be it a number that you need that you would like to hit on a financial level or on a sales level or whatnot, or just achieving something specific. In this sense, that that is what, you know, your finish line is. So on this journey toward success, you get to choose how you approach and respond to 
each of the obstacles in your life, you also get to choose how much of an obstruction they get to be. And the way that that was illustrated, I guess you could say, you know, the different roadblocks and barricades that lined on our marathon route. And it was really interesting because, and this was pretty early on in the race, you know, I saw like little pieces of trash that was on the road. And then I also saw giant cones and barricades. And I kind of thought to myself, hey, you know, how funny and ridiculous would it be if I allowed this little piece of rubbish that is on my path, not necessarily in my way, but what if I treated it almost like a huge hurdle or a huge barrier or barricade, right? That'd be kind of silly. But how often do we do that in life? I'm also kind of speaking to this simply because there's a lot of us that, you know, we are no strangers to the personal growth and personal transformation journey, right? And so there are constantly limiting beliefs and big T and little t traumas and life experiences that come into our path. And there's a lot of us who say, oh, I need to heal this first before I can move on. Or this belief is what's holding me back. I need to address this. I need to heal this before I can achieve my success. Because how silly would it be if I, you know, was running my race, running the route, and I saw a little like Oreo wrapper or something on the ground. Actually, I think that's what might have spawned this. I saw an Oreo wrapper on the ground and for me to stop and be like, hmm, that's an Oreo wrapper. I wonder where that came from. I wonder who put that there or, or you know, what's the story behind the person who, who left this wrapper on the ground or where did this come from? Right. But how often do we do that? A lot of us as healers, a lot of us as people who understand or want to understand our limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. I wonder why I think I'm not good enough, right? What was it in my history that led me to believe that I'm not good enough for this? Now, sidebar, there is absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. And oftentimes, that kind of work is very, very important. What I'm talking about, though, is are you using this as a crutch? Are you using this limiting belief are you making a mountain or making this molehill into a mountain with this? I mean, it's not easier, actually, for us to say, hey, huh, I noticed that I don't feel good enough to achieve this success. Or I don't feel worthy enough for this success on a macro level, right? And we allow that belief to hinder our micro and our daily tasks. So that was really, really interesting to me to be able to see that and say like, hey, you know, these seemingly small obstacles, if I didn't know any better, I could very well turn this into a very, very large one. Now, conversely, there's also those giant barricades Right. And that could be seen, I mean, that could be illustrated in your life as doors closing, 
you go out for something, you have that big ask of someone and they say no. You go and interview for this job and you get rejected or put in an offer for a house and it doesn't get accepted. With that, you get to choose how you respond to that barricade. You could let it stop you or you could pivot and detour and keep going. Mindset musing number two, run your own race. The insight with that that I took away from that was that this journey, this race becomes so much more fun and enjoyable when I or when you choose to see the other runners and the other people who are on their own road to success as peers and not your competition. This was also the 50th anniversary, so there were, goodness, I think almost like 15,000 participants. Could you imagine if I looked at all the other 14,999 other runners with a scowl on my face and saying, you're the enemy, you're my competition, I just need, I need to beat all of you, right? How stressful would that be? How ridiculously discouraging, honestly, would that be too? Because the entire time, there will always be people passing you. There were constantly people that were passing me. And if I saw them as competition, as my direct competition, then I wouldn't make it. I'd want to give up. But there was an incredible sense of camaraderie and respect that I had. I don't know what the other people thought of me, but I knew that within my heart, I could look at each and every one of these other participants and be like, you're the shit, man. <laughs> Good for you. You woke up. You showed up. This is how you need to feel about the other business owners, the other real estate agents, the other coaches that are in the marketplace. You need to see them as peers and you need to champion them because life would be miserable. This race would be miserable if you looked around and just saw everyone else as, you know, against you because it's not. With that said, marathon musing number three was to choose a pace setter, to pick someone else running the race, the same race, be it in your marketplace or in another marketplace, somebody else that's on their own road to success, and use them as a reference point to gauge your progress. Now, super important with asterisks and bold and italicized and underlined, this person is not to be used as a motivator through guilt or shame or to compare your performance to. This person is just a reference point to see where you are as a result of your productivity, your speed, and where they are using the same metrics. So I did. <laughs> I picked Pace Setter and I was like, all right, so long as I'm keeping up with that person, I'm good. And there was somebody behind that I was like, okay, so long as I'm ahead of that person, I'm good. Full transparency, guys, like after, I don't know, like mile 10 or something, I lost track. And of those two other pace setters. But the pace setter that I had with me was my husband. And it was really funny because 
leading up to this, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's a mindset thing, but like I, my husband, he's not the most athletic person, but when he shows up and when he pushes himself, like he rocks it. God, when he was a kid, he played baseball, basketball, hockey, did all the things. And I just, I just kind of assumed that he was going to blow past me and just finish the race way ahead of me. And I was going to do this on my own. And we actually did. At one point, we did get separated, but that's also because the guy needed to use the bathroom. And I was like, I'm going to keep running. But actually at, I think, mile, oh, maybe about seven or so, we caught up to each other or or he caught up to me and then we we stayed together the entire time. So my pace setter was my husband and it was incredible because I was very honest when I needed to walk. I just I tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, I'm walking. And I always told him, like, you can go ahead. But he never left. He never left my side, which was very sweet. And there were some times that I needed to stop. I, and I didn't want to do this because this is also I'm very much of a keep moving forward no matter what, even if it's baby steps, even if I need to crawl, (laughs) keep moving forward. But man, you guys, that mentality did not serve me in this because there were times when I had to stop. My muscles were aching, just shooting pains (laughs) all up and down my legs and my bodies, and I didn't even know the back of my knees hurt. I don't know if it was ligaments or or whatnot, and I didn't know that the back of your knees could hurt. But guess what, guys? It could. So there were times that I had to stop. This was such a humbling experience. But the fact that I chose my husband as my pig setter, it was so encouraging, and it was so necessary. Marathon musing number four: <laughs> Understand your influence. This was a fun one. (laughs) It's really, it's so interesting. The culture of the marathon culture, I didn't even realize that there was one. Throughout the entire course, there were a ton of people who were spectators. And of course, this is my very first marathon. So I didn't even think that anybody else cared about other people who were running the race other than the people who were running the race. But there were so many other people who had come out that were just spectators cheering you on and holding up signs. And you'd see signs like, go, Donna, you got this. And some of them were actually really funny. There was one that was like, you don't have to train tomorrow. There was another one that that really got me that stuck with me. It was around, oh gosh, maybe around mile 11, 11 or so. And it was, what would Goggins do? And I don't know if a lot of people got that reference, but I did. It was speaking to David Goggins, right? And I could go down a rabbit hole with with that guy and his journey. But that right there also gave me kind of a boost of, I guess, endorphins, (laughs) a little boost of energy. But there was one other sign in particular that made me pause. (laughs) It was this girl that was, I don't know, maybe in like her early 20s or so. She was walking down the road and this was like towards the beginning of the race. So it was like, I don't know, like 5.15, 5.20 in the morning. She's walking down the road and with a giant sign that says, you paid for this. And I was like, huh. 
And that one lingered in my head for a bit because I I wasn't sure exactly what she meant by it. Was it a sarcastic, like, you don't have anybody else to blame but yourself <laughs> for what you're going through right now? Or was it kind of like a you went out of your way to pay someone else your hard-earned money so that you could torture yourself <laughs> and run 26.2 miles? <laughs> But whatever it was, whatever her intention was, she took up precious real estate in my mind for quite a bit of time. And when I was able to separate, you know, myself from that and just kind of like look in <laughs> from the outside, that really, really hit me. And so the way that translated for me is that we need to understand our influence, that you need to understand you, your influence, even though you think that you don't. It's the attention that people give you, right? Social media, you know, we have a ton of followers. Even some of us only have like, I don't know, a hundred something followers. Or there's some people who have, some of us who have like thousands and thousands of followers. We forget that we have people's attention. And we forget that the things we do and say take up mental real estate in these people's lives. So... It's so important, even if we are there for just a few minutes or a few seconds, we need to be intentional and cognizant of how people feel when we enter or exit a room. And that's how you grow or dissolve your influence. So understand that, that what you do and say has a ripple effect on people. Now, even, I don't know, however many days later, I'm still thinking about this girl, I'm still thinking about that sign that she that she wrote and trying to understand her intention. But that's, you know, one of those things. That I just need to let it go. But it's very, very interesting that, you know, that interaction of of really just a few seconds because I ran past her. Right. But it stayed with me for as long as it has. So that really just kind of stuck with me is that the things that you do and say, they have an impact on other people. So what are you doing? What are you saying? Marathon musing number five, remember your mortality. And it was kind of funny because I was listening to the audiobook The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And the portion that I was listening to, uh, I think the chapter was Remember Your Mortality, and the Stoics have a saying, Memento Mori, which is exactly that. And as I was listening to that chapter, I was literally running past a cemetery. It was the Diamond Head uh, Cemetery. I actually have a family member that was buried in that cemetery on my dad's side. So this really just hit or just that point just really just hit me to just remember that we're going to die soon. I'm not soon. We never know. But at some point, we're going to die, right? And to remember that and say, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing with your life? And and if that day was to come tomorrow or or even, you know, in a couple of days, would you be able to turn around and, and be proud of yourself and satisfied with your final days? I'm pausing a little bit because I'm meditating on this and, and thinking about this, remembering your mort mortality. It gets me emotional. 
And I think, I don't know, I think to an extent it should, or that in itself, that should allow you to think. I mean, it says something, right? If the thought of you dying brings some sort of emotion, unpack that. For me, I felt some type of way because, you know, I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can say that I have given it my all every second of the day. Obviously, I I can't, right? Because we are human and we have limitations. But at that point in time during the marathon, I know that I could say yes. I was so proud of what I was doing. I wasn't even halfway through yet, but I knew that I was going to finish. And I think that's so important is that right here, right now, this is the life that you live. This is the life that you've got. How are you living it? The biggest insight was that there are people in the ground who died without ever living a day in their life. And we have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to live the life that you are proud of. Do hard things. Take bold actions. Live because you can. Live because there are so many people who lived before you so that you could do what you are doing today and say what you are saying today. Don't take that for granted. Be intentional. Remember your mortality and live your life. Lastly, marathon musing number six. This is your race. At the end of the day, my love, you get to decide what a win looks like to you because this is your race and this is your journey to success. I kept moving what success looked like to me. Up until the, like before the race, I was like, you know, finishing under six hours would be a solid win for me. Solid win. Seven to eight hours would be okay. But anything more than that, more than eight hours, would be pure embarrassment for me. But as the race went on, six hours came and went. (laughs) I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And then seven hours. And then I think it was about like seven, seven and a half hours. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be able to finish this under eight hours. There was so much grace that needed to, to be there. There was so much grace that that needed to be present. Ultimately, I said, under nine hours, I would be happy. And I finished in like eight hours, 47 minutes. But I didn't know that I finished in eight hours and 47 minutes until I checked my time later on in the day. I mean, when I crossed the finish line, the timer was actually at like 8.50 something. And what I had forgotten was that that was just from when they started the clock, right? And because they separate you uh, at the very beginning, at the start of the race, uh, they separate you by, you know, your pace. So I didn't cross the start line. And technically, my clock didn't start ticking until, you know, a few minutes after the full clock started. Anywho. It was so interesting for me to keep moving, keep moving the goalpost and the goal line, right? And to give myself that grace, like, 
okay, six hours isn't going to happen. Okay, seven, seven hours is gonna, isn't going to happen. Okay, eight. And then I was just like, what was realistic to me was under nine hours. And for me to say like, okay, Pramihana, finish this under nine hours. It was, it was pretty incredible. And it was okay. One of the things, there's a pervasive kind of narrative that I've heard in my life. People have told this to me since I was, God, since I was in high school. They would always say, wow, Pumi, you're really hard on yourself. And I always came back with, well, nobody else is, so I have to be, right? Nobody else is going gonna, is gonna to be hard on me, so it's got to be me. <laughs> and I had to realize that, especially in this arena, that that wasn't serving me. Because if I kept that solid six hours or bust, you know, I wouldn't have finished. I would have just given up. But my friend, you get to decide. This is your race. You get to decide what a win looks like. You get to move the goalpost if you need to. Give yourself some grace because you showed up. That in itself is a win. Again, there's a lot of people out there. They don't have the self-awareness. They don't have the kind of belief in which they can, you know, show up at such a high volume and in such a high way that you do. Again, not to compare, but just to know your place, where you are in the grand scheme of things. So if you have ever left a message on my phone, you not a lot of you guys have my phone number, but if you did, my outgoing message is this. There's a quote out there that says, you were put on this earth to do hard things so that you could show others that they can do hard things. And my friends, I truly believe that to my core. And sometimes these hard things are going to be getting up and getting out of bed. Some days, the hard things is pushing yourself harder and farther because no one else is there to push you. But this is your race and you get to choose. So go out there and do hard things, my love, because you can. My friends, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Seeds of Growth. I appreciate you. I hope this sparked something. I hope this served you. And remember, true success happens from the inside out. Thanks so much. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode served you, please do me a small favor and head to your favorite podcast platform to rate and review the show. Your small act will play an exponential role in getting these powerful conversations out into the world. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at at Pumehana Palmer and DM me with your insight and takeaways. See you next time. Aloha.